The historic commercial center on Sahara and Karen has had a roller coaster reputation since the 60s. Inside the center, you'll find New Orleans Square, a two-story building with vibrant murals that feels like a secret garden of businesses. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I sit with Nancy Good inside Core Contemporary, her art gallery at New Orleans Square. We talk about how the complex is rebranding to attract people, businesses, and artists, especially when the arts district is doubling and quadrupling the rent. You'll hear her mention Ron, often in our convo. That's Ron McMenemy, who bought New Orleans Square with his wife Judy in the early aughts to make it a thriving arts complex. Since their passing, their children now have ownership and have listed it for sale. It's Thursday, August 4th, 2022. I'm Vogue Robinson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Okay, so Nancy, can you tell me a little bit about what role you had in helping invite more artists into New Orleans Square? Well, it's all, again, back to that community that I frequently hashtag, it takes a village. I've not gotten anywhere without the help of others, without the support of others, without the encouragement of others. It doesn't mean we don't have people also trying to discourage us at the same time, but it's mostly, it's, it's like people people want others, people to succeed. And so Ron bugged me for two years about opening a gallery in this space, and I had never, ever wanted to have a gallery. It never was never on my radar, never a plan, definitely did not want the Nancy Good Gallery, wanted something, really just wanted a great working studio. And because I'm a conceptual abstract artist, I really pursue exhibitions, and it's not so much commercial sales, though I do sell a lot of my artwork. And so Ron, like I said, kept bugging me and very sweetly, sometimes very stubbornly. And, <laughs> and, and we started to say, think about what was feasible. And so he said, well, how about this space? And I'd, I'm four and a half years after opening the space so in my fifth year which just boggles my mind to say in an, an environment that has gone through pandemic where you know I started to feel like I had gotten some speed or some steam with branding and people starting to really pay attention and then all of a sudden the brakes are on but I found ways to keep it going but it was Always that understanding of we need more exhibition space in town and the old adage, if you if somebody keeps saying somebody needs to, somebody needs to, well, maybe you're that somebody. I love the city and county spaces, but certain things can't show there. I can show every, everything I want here, especially if something happens and it's timely. I loved having the, the My Two Cents show a couple years ago that really helped us, you know, have some commentary on both politi political commentary, but also, you know, cultural and social commentary in very creative ways that institutional spaces can't necessarily tackle because of their, you know, neutral ground that they have to maintain mm -hmm. and, and rightly so. Uh, so I have a lot of flexibility here to let artists take chances. I still carefully curate things. I make sure that it's good art, not good art in in terms of that's it's such a subjective right. word, <laughs> but it's something that has value in terms of 
who we are as an arts community. And so I love that I have that freedom to do that because I do that in my studio. Um, and so why wouldn't I try to help other artists have the, have the same place and, and or the same opportunities. With New Orleans Square, I think about this space and, and how it's inviting more artists to come in and, and show their work. But that foot traffic is a barrier. What are things that you think can also still attract more artists to come here? You know, what do you say to an artist that wants to stay mm-hmm. in the arts district because it feels like that's that's the heartbeat? One, it depends on the artist. Some artists really want to be in the heart of the arts district and are willing and able to pay exorbitant rents for that. I couldn't afford to, I obviously couldn't afford to pay for a 3,000 square foot space in the arts district even four and a half years ago. Definitely not now. But there's, you know, affordable rents here and the accessibility, the Endless parking. That's one thing that I will always be shouting out. We have over a thousand free parking spaces that will always be free parking spaces. County owned parking lot. And you cannot beat that. So it's it's like take a chance, you know, take a chance not only in believing in yourself, but believing in in the bigger uh, footprint of what the arts community can be. We're not just located downtown. We're not just located in the arts district. You look at L.A., you look at New York, you look at bigger cities that are known for arts. There's many identifiable, uh, you know, arts and culture districts, and they help each other because they are so visible and and it's like we are a big enough city to support that and we have enough artists too yeah, absolutely I, my gallery is living proof of that I, I mean I've showcased hundreds of artists in here and I'm still discovering new talent that submit to the uh, the juried show and it's like wow you're you're Las Vegas or you're Henderson or you're you know Nevada Wow. And that gets me excited. Sometimes it's newer artists, younger artists, but a lot of times it's older established artists that are finally either finding the time to pursue more of their artistic career or they finally feel like they have nothing to lose. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of times. I mean, I'm 61 years old. At this point, I say I have nothing to lose with anything I want to attempt and it feels, I mean, I get freeing. Chills. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, it's, how it's, freeing. It's how? very freeing. And I've also been able to put imposter syndrome up on the shelf by saying any any opportunity that comes my way means I'm able to meet it hmm. and able to do it. What's for me is for me. It was kind of comical and a little head scratching when I first moved over here that there was a lot of hubbub and brouhaha about what's she doing going over there. And some of it was pretty nasty, but but most of it was just, I think it was just such an unknown and unexpected move for anybody to look at any place else in town, except for the fact of, you know, like left of center's got their great space that's not downtown. Um, Domsky's is not right down in the arts district. Other great studios, Tim Bavington's, you know, I mean, other great places are not right down in the arts district. The arts district can't support all the artists in town. Once people understood my mission, essentially, and realized that, you know, it's like, I'm not trying to pull anything away from anybody. I'm 
trying to give us more opportunities that include you, then things settle down. They recognize that this has, I guess, the flexibility or this space has the flexibility to uh, do very unique things that we wouldn't be able to do in in a mall setting or in a, in a setting that even is within the city. There's a lot of different city parameters that uh, different hoops to jump through. It comes back down to money and price. Artists can afford to be here. But, you know, I love that the city has an arts commission and they've got different opportunities for public artists. I would love it if they had more funding and budgeting to help support artists in what they're doing or at least reserving certain, you know, percentage of spaces to maintain, I guess, a unique dynamic between hospitality, restaurants, retail, and arts and culture, uh, because I think that makes a far more vibrant community. But, you know, to me, the city had nothing to do with what's happening here. It's the vision of creatives. Uh, Ron, I considered a creative. Every time he would walk somebody around to look at a new space, and he would come in and he's like, you know, putting his hand in front of his stomach, kind of shaking, didn't feel right, didn't feel right. Because huh. it wasn't about the money, it was about how well it would fit into the community. I love what I see down on Main Street as far as, you know, it, it's becoming vibrant in its external appearance. But people are being priced out. The artists and the gallerists who really took chances on unique spaces, they've been priced out. And that's a little disgusting to me. And it's short-sighted to me, very short-sighted. But people who are in real estate and developing often are focused on what's the dollar amount that they can get. So how has it been working to rebrand this complex and trying to get patrons to come here? Well, thinking about where did this place begin, what was its its origin, was to serve the people who lived in the Las Vegas Country Club. This was literally built with high-end dining, high-end furriers, clothing, entertainment. This was the place, the com- commercial center. And it was the place to see and be seen by the residents of the country club. This was all built in the early 60s, mid 60s, different buildings got kind of added in over time. I started to think in terms of that, it's got a unique history in that it's still here. It has longevity that is very unusual for Las Vegas. It hasn't been imploded. It hasn't been plowed over. Is it a little rough. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like, yeah, it's needs a little needs a little work. I mean, it was really rough when I moved in. But again, back to Ron's vision of transforming it into something that was not what people have been seeing over the last decade or two decades, crime and drug use and prostitution and different dangerous aspects of urban living. We have that everywhere. Summerlin has the same problems. Downtown has the same problems. But there were less eyes here to guide that to being more at bay. So once we started having more and more tenants and more and more presence with Metro, we started to have less problems. And we also learned to get to know our homeless neighbors and our sex working neighbors, even the addicts, you know, to say these are human beings, they matter, they're going through something or they've chosen certain things, doesn't make them any less worthy as a human being. I chuckle because I've never felt unsafe. Hmm. It's like when you respect people for just being, you know, you're part of my species. Hey, (laughs) 
you're worth you're worth respecting and so ron was really good about about that i mean we you know still have to protect ourselves here and we've had some violent people that have come through but we have violent people everywhere so back to you know the rebranding the longevity of being here and having faith in this place that helps rebrand a place when you have somebody, any of these businesses that say, you know, I want to stay here. The Violin Outlet, the Blooming, you know, Memories, Florist, the Las Vegas Youth Orchestras, they've been here a long time. And so it's like that means something to a city to, to say, oh, wait a minute, if they're there, it's maybe not as bad as I think it is. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You know, you're you renewed your lease mm-hmm. and you'll be in a new space, but also that this complex has been sold. Well, not been sold yet. Not been sold yet. No. So there's in there's conversation yeah, yeah. around it being sold. So what do you think is going to come next and what do you hope for? I hope for a like-minded landlord. I hope, I mean, I put it out there once I realized that the listing was finally public in search of uh, arts, culture, community-minded landlord who is excited about working with and having, you know, unique adventures in, in the arts and culture and community. Rather than approaching it from a state of panic of, oh my gosh, you know, Ron's gone. Ron died, sadly, um, in May of this year. His wife, Judy, passed away 10 months earlier. And so things changed really, really fast, quite unexpectedly. I mean, you know, our heads are still spinning. But I also had to respect that, you know, I'm not part of the ownership of this space. I love the people that do have ownership of this space, and only they can make decisions about what's best for them. And so I, you know, I stepped back from being in a in a panic over raising rents and things like that well i've you know i've made a good decision a good business decision and uh, you know we can look at it from there when we get there i, I have frequent conversations with uh, ron uh, wherever he may be ron i'm sure you're listening now about some concerns but had a wonderful dream a few nights back where he came to the dream and that I'm asking him about, you know, is everything okay? He's like, it's, everything's okay. Everything's good. You're good. I'm good. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to quit worrying and trust that I'm on the path that I'm on for the right reasons. It's a good place to be. Yeah, I agree. Nancy Good. Thank you so much for letting myself and Layla hang out in in your studio in Core Contemporary. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. (laughs) Now for some news. The Clark County Commission approved a new order out law in a unanimous vote on Tuesday. The law lets judges forbid people convicted of a crime from being on the strip. For the foodies out there, Life is Beautiful just released their culinary lineup. It includes spots by Jose Andres, Todd English, and David Chang. If that's your jam, you still have a month or so, so grab your tickets before the festival invades downtown. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, here's what you can do. 
tell a friend. Rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our amazing morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care.